My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. On today's program, we're going to be thinking about why Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Now, first of all, let me say that a lot of people just don't believe that. There are a lot of people that believe there are lots of different roads and lots of different ways to heaven. Sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, we're just all on different roads, but we're going to the same place. And while that sounds, you know, I guess, open-minded and and non-exclusive, the fact is it's not right. It's not true. Jesus said that he is the way to God the Father. He is the way to heaven. And so when he said that, what he was saying is all other supposed ways are really not the way at all. There's only one way that we can go to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. Now, as you listen to this message today, I hope that you'll listen to it with an open mind. And as you're listening and thinking about what Jesus meant when he said that he was the only way to God, ask yourself this question. Was Jesus being unfair when he said that? Was he being narrow-minded? Was he being closed-minded? Or was Jesus just being honest? I mean, if your house, God forbid, it was on fire, and the firemen came to you to uh, to your house to rescue you, and they started uh, speaking to you through some kind of a loudspeaker or something, and that fireman said to you, "Hey, this house is on fire all the way around. You can't go out the kitchen door. You can't go out the back door. The only way out is through the front door. If you try any other door, you're not going to make it out." Well, in that scenario, would you think the fireman was being Close-minded? Would you think he was being narrow-minded? Would you think he was being unfair to block off all those other doors from you? Or would you say to yourself, that fireman's being honest. That fireman can see my house in a way that I can't see it, and he knows the only safe way out for me is through the front door. Well, of course that's what you would think, and you would get out that front door as quickly as you could. Well, it's the same with Jesus. There is a sense in which all of our houses, spiritually speaking, are on fire. They're certainly on fire without Jesus, and they're in danger of, uh, of we would be in danger of, of being separated from God forever in the fires of hell were it not for Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has said to everyone in the world, there's only one way out of the mess that you're in. There's only one door into heaven, and I am that door. But the good news is anybody, everybody can come through this door. There's only one door, but it's open to everybody. And so ask yourself this question as you listen to this message. Was Jesus being unfair or was Jesus just being honest? I think by the time we come to the end of the program today, you'll say, you know what? Jesus wasn't being unfair. He was just being honest. He was just telling us the truth. And in telling us the truth, Jesus was only being our friend. And so I encourage you today, listen to this message. Ask yourself this question. Was he being unfair 
or was he being honest? And I pray that question will soon be answered in your heart. I want to quote a verse from the Old Testament. I want you to hear half of it, and then I want us to say say it together. There's a way that seems right to a man. Say that with me. There's a way that seems right to a man. Now listen to the back half of that verse. But its end is the way of death. Say that. But its end is the way of death. In other words, in life, it's possible to look at a situation, to try to make a decision, and you say, well, this seems right. That's what I'm going to do. And so you do it. And yet after you did it, you say, that wasn't right. That was wrong. Something can seem right and not be right. There's an old song that says, it can't be wrong if it feels so right. But the fact is, it can feel right and it can still be wrong. Just because something seems a certain way or just because something feels a certain way, that doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Several years ago, I was in California on a vacation and on a little trip out there, really. And, and I got into my, into my room, and I noticed up on top of the television, there was a sign welcoming everybody to California. And it said, now, be, be reminded, in California, we do have earthquakes from time to time. And so if we should begin to have an earthquake, here's what you're supposed to do. Unpack my bags, lay down on my bed, turn on ESPN, watching the sports and all of a sudden, this room starts shaking on me. It starts moving. And I'm thinking, I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac, so I'm probably bringing this on myself. The room's probably not really shaking. But then I thought, no, I believe there's movement in this room. And so I left the room, ran down the stairs, went to the front desk. I said, ma'am, we're having an earthquake. Where exactly am I supposed to go? She says, sir, we're not having an earthquake. I said, yes, ma'am, up in my room, we're having an earthquake. She said, what room are you in? I told her. She pulled it up on her computer. She said, sir, you're room is just under the laundry room. She says, it's not an earthquake. Somebody's washing their clothes right now. So go back up there and calm down. And so I went back up there and I calmed down. I said, well, but see, it seemed like an earthquake. It felt like an earthquake. I thought it was an earthquake. It wasn't an earthquake. And so what I'm saying is sometimes something can seem right, feel right, and even sound right, and it not be right. Now, let me make a statement that seems right. It certainly sounds open-minded. To many people, it just feels right. If I were to go, or if you were to go, or if anybody were to go on a nationally broadcast television show this week and make this statement, it would be, by many people, very well received. They would say, oh, that just sounds so right. That just seems so right. Here's the statement. All roads lead to heaven. Such an open-minded statement. Some people would say, you know, it doesn't matter what your religion is, whether you're Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Jehovah's Witness, Mormon. It doesn't really matter what your faith is as long as you're sincere in your faith. We're all headed to the same place. We're just taking different roads to get there. Did you know you could go on many shows and say that? And people would applaud that, and they would say, that is so open-minded. That is so non-exclusive. That just seems right. It sounds right. It feels right. But friends, let me say today, that's not right. That's not true. All roads don't lead to heaven. We're not all going to end up in the same place. That's not what the Bible says. Now, if you'll open your Bibles today to the Gospel of John in chapter number 14, I want us to focus on one statement that Jesus made that has caused many people not to like Jesus. The title of the message today is, 
why do some people not like Jesus? I mean, I can't imagine anybody not liking Jesus, anybody not loving Jesus, and yet there are many who don't. Why do some people not like Jesus? And here's the statement that Jesus made that has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Jesus knew when he said this that it would do that, and yet Jesus said, I'm going to speak truth even if it cost me popularity, and ultimately, in his case, he was killed because he was a truth teller. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Say that with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he goes on to say, no man comes to the Father except through me. Now, that definite article, the, is why many people don't like Jesus. Had Jesus said, I am a way, I am a truth, I am a life, everybody would say, okay, he's not being exclusive. He's not putting himself up above these other religious leaders. He's just saying he's one way to heaven. He's one element of truth. He's one aspect of life. But Jesus didn't put in the indefinite article A. Jesus put in that definite article V three times in the English Bibles, three times in the Greek New Testament, the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I want us to think about today, what was Jesus really saying when he said that? First, Jesus was saying that he is the only way to heaven. Now, I know today most everybody here is either a Christian or from a Christian background. I realize that. But I also know that in our services, there are each week a handful of people, and in some cases, two or three handfuls of people who are not Christians. And sometimes we have people in the services who are Jewish, who are Muslim, who are some of these other religions. Sometimes we have people in the service who are atheists. They don't even believe in God, but somebody invited them to come to church, and so they came. Sometimes we have agnostics in the service. Say, what is an agnostic? An agnostic means that they, they would just say, I don't know. That, that letter A before the main noun makes it negative. So an atheist is someone who says, I don't believe in God. Theo is God. So an atheist says, no God. An agnostic means they are against knowledge. The key word there is gnosis, and so that's knowledge. So an agnostic is someone who says, I'm against knowledge. What does that mean? It, what they're saying is, I don't know whether there's a God or not. They're saying, I'm not an atheist. I'm not saying that I believe there's not a God, but I'm not a believer. I can't say I believe there is a God. I'm just on the fence. I don't know. Now, the odds are in the service today, there are some agnostics, some who just say, I don't know what I believe. I don't know what the truth is. And so what I want to encourage you to do today is listen to this message. Talking about being open-minded, listen to this message with an open mind. Think about what Jesus was saying. And as we go through this sermon today, ask yourself this question. Was Jesus being unfair or was Jesus just being honest? And I think by the end of the sermon, you'll have the answer to that question. When Jesus said, I am the way, what he was saying is, I am the way, I am the only way to heaven. That's what he was talking about, heaven. The context of John 14 is heaven. Remember, we studied this a few weeks ago. In John 14, verse 2, Jesus said, in my Father's house, he's talking about heaven, are many mansions or many rooms in heaven. He said, I, if it were not so, I would have told you. Verse 3, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Clearly, he's talking about heaven. And then he said, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, no doubting Thomas, he asked a good question, he got a good answer. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said in response to that question, I'm the way, Thomas. I am the way, and I am the only way to heaven. Jesus is the only person who can take anybody to heaven. Now, I know most people here today believe that. Some don't, or you're just not sure. So let's delve a little deeper. Why why did Jesus say that? Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Think about this. Of all the religious leaders in the world, Jesus Christ is the only religious leader who has provided forgiveness for human sin. Jesus is the only person in the whole world, religious leader or not, he's the only person who has dealt with the sin problem. Other religions teach that the way you go to heaven is by doing more good deeds than bad deeds. In other words, they teach one day everybody's going to stand before God and God is going to put their life on the scales, as it were, and God's going to balance out their good deeds and their bad deeds. And if their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds, if their good deeds are heavier than their bad deeds, then they can go to heaven. It's kind of like God's going to say, okay, I know you weren't perfect, but you did more good than bad, so I'm going to let you come into heaven. Now think about this. First of all, if God let people into heaven on the basis of their good deeds, once they got in there, they would just spend eternity patting themselves on the back. And we'd be patting each other on the back. Oh, I'm so glad I did more good than bad. But the scripture says that in God's presence, no flesh shall glory. So nobody's going to be in heaven patting themselves on the back because of how they did that. And even if you do more good than bad, I'm sure everybody here today, probably at the end of your life, you will have done more good than you have bad. But what about the bad? Because the Bible teaches if we have even done a little bad, if we have only broken one of God's laws, we are as guilty in the eyes of God as though we had broke every single law because we've sinned. And the scripture teaches in heaven there can't be any sin. And so here you are with all these good deeds and just a few bad deeds. And if God were to let you into heaven like that, you would be carrying your sins into heaven. And your sins and my sins would do the same thing to heaven that they've done to earth. They would mess it all up. And so God says, if you want to go to heaven and everybody can go, but we've got to get these sins removed. We've got to get these sins expunged. We have to have the sins forgiven. And what I'm saying is, what Scripture teaches is, only Jesus Christ has dealt with the sin problem. No other religious leader has done that. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. The payment for sin is death. He died. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The second reason Jesus is the only way to heaven, not only because he's dealt with the sin problem, but think about this. Jesus is the only person in the history of the world who came to earth from heaven. Nobody else came to earth from heaven. We all started on earth. Now, sometimes people say, wait a second. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's Christmas. And so that's when Jesus, that's when his life started. Friend, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he did not begin there. 
We read in the New Testament that Jesus is the one who created the world. By him, all things were created. So Jesus is the agent of creation. Jesus has no beginning. Just like God the Father is eternal in the past, just like he's eternal in the future, Jesus is eternal in the past. There's never been a time when Jesus was not. I heard Louis Giglio say it this way. I've never had heard anybody say it like this. I thought it was so good. He said, strictly speaking, there's no such thing as B.C., before Christ, because there's never been a time before Christ. Now, we say B.C., that's how we date things. We mean before the birth of Christ, but Christ has always been. He's from eternity past. He is the ancient of days, and when he came to earth, he came to earth from heaven He stepped out of heaven, down to earth, and at the end of his earthly life, he went back to heaven. And so Jesus has come to earth from heaven. let's, Let's think about this. If you're wanting to go somewhere, wouldn't you rather follow somebody who has been where you're wanting to go than somebody who just hopes they're going in the right direction? I was interested to learn last week about a little town called Buford, Wyoming, It's the smallest town in the United States. Let me tell you a little bit about Buford, Wyoming. Back in 1980, a man named Don Sammons and his wife and their son moved to Buford, Wyoming, and they just fell in love with this town. In fact, in 1992, Mr. Sammons bought the town, and the only people who lived there were Mr. Sammons, his wife, and their son. In 1995, his wife died, so now it's just Mr. Sammons and his son. In about 2007 or 2008, his son moved away so that today and for the last 10 years, there's only been one person living in this city, and that's what makes it the smallest town in America. It only has one person. I want you to see this. You think I'm making this up. Look at this sign. Buford, Wyoming. It's 8,000 feet above sea level, but it only has one man living there, and that is Don Sammons. Let me tell you about this town. There's one house in the town. It's his house. There's a gas station. I guess he pumps gas himself and pays himself. I'm trying to figure that out. And there's a post office in that town. So they sent a federal agent down there to run the post office, deliver Mr. Sammons his mail. But there's only one person in that town. Now, let's use our imagination. Can we use our imagination? Everybody say imagination. Let's play like we're in Colorado. We're on a vacation. Me and I'm with your family. We're all up in Colorado just having a good time and and we are having breakfast. We we we're having breakfast at Denny's one morning. We stayed the night before at the La Quinta, and that you know La Quinta. When you translate it into English, it literally means next to Denny's. That's what La Quinta means because you always see La Quinta and Denny's next together. So we've moved from La Quinta, and now we're at Denny's. And we're having the Grand Slam. And we're talking, and I say, you know, I've been reading about this Buford, Wyoming, and Wyoming is just one state up above Colorado. I think it'd be kind of cool if we just. I know we hadn't planned on it. I'd kind of like to just drive up there and see this little. One town, you know, this little one house town. What you, think, you know, John, that would be kind of neat. See what it is about this town. And so our waitress overhears the conversation, and we say to her, have you ever heard of Buford, Wyoming? She says, you know, isn't that the town where we only got one guy living up there in Wyoming? Yeah. Uh, do you know how to get there, we say to her? She said, I have no idea. I've never been to Buford. I don't have any idea how to get there. The owner of the restaurant is listening in to our conversation. He says, you trying to go to Buford? Yes. We say to him, have you ever been to Buford? No, I've never been, but I know how to get there. He starts telling us, take this interstate, this farm to market road, turn this store here. He gives us these directions. It's kind of convoluted and confusing, but we're thinking, well, he lives in Colorado. He's familiar with Buford. Maybe he knows how to get there. 
as, as we're having this conversation, others in the restaurant over here, they say, hey, we haven't ever been to Buford either, but we've heard about it. The directions he gave you, they're, 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 they'll get you there, but there's a better way to go. And they start telling us, and now we're so confused. How in the world do we get to Buford? About this time, a young man comes to our table, and he sticks out his hand. He says, my name is Mr. Salmons. My dad is Don Salmons. He is the person who lives in Buford. I grew up in Buford, so I know all about Buford. In fact, he says to us, the timing of this whole thing is absolutely unbelievable. I am on my way to see my dad in Buford, Wyoming. If you want to go, why don't you just follow me? Now, folks, I don't know about you, but if I'm at that Denny's in Colorado, the waitress says, I have no idea. The owner says, I think I know how to get there. The other people listening say, I know a shortcut. But then the young man who is from that town, whose father lives in that town, who is on his way to that town to see his dad, and he says to us, follow me. That's the fellow that I'm trusting to get me to Buford, Wyoming. He's from there. His dad lives there. He's on his way there, and he knows the way. So what Jesus is saying to us when he says, I'm the way, he says, you need to understand, I'm from heaven. My father lives in heaven. He was saying to those disciples in John 14, he was saying, I am on my way back to heaven, and you can all follow me, and we'll end up in heaven, but you have to come to me. You have to come my way. Well, since I preached that sermon, I have learned that a few years ago, Mr. Sammons actually sold that town. He sold the town of Buford, Wyoming. But that doesn't change the fact that if we could go back in in time to a year or two maybe before he sold that town and put ourselves back at that Denny's restaurant there in Colorado, and we could be trying to figure out how to get to Buford, Wyoming, If his son, if Mr. Salmon's son had said to us, I'm from there, my father lives there, I'm on my way to there, and if you'll follow me, you'll get there safely. I'll guarantee you we would have followed him over the waitress or the owner or those other people in that restaurant who really weren't sure how to get to Buford, Wyoming. The point of that story is the son knows how to get you to the father's house. And today, if there's never been a time in your life when you have come to Jesus Christ asking for the forgiveness of your sins, for the salvation of your soul, asking for him to come live in your heart, today would be a wonderful time for you to do that. Do you remember the question I asked at the beginning of our broadcast? I said, now, hey, as you listen to this sermon today, ask yourself, was Jesus being unfair when he said he was the only way to heaven? Or was Jesus just being honest? I hope that by now you can say he wasn't being unfair at all because no one is excluded. Anyone can come to Jesus. He was only being honest. Only Jesus Christ in his death on that cross has dealt with the problem of sin. He's the only religious leader to deal with the sin problem. And only Jesus Christ is from heaven. So you have to decide who are you going to trust to get you to heaven? Somebody who has not dealt with your sin problem? Somebody who himself or herself has never been there and who just thinks they know the way? 
Or are you going to trust the Son, the one who is from heaven, the one who died on that cross to pay for your sins, and the one who knows how to get you safely to the Father's house? It seems like a no-brainer to me. It just seems clear as a bell that everybody ought to trust Jesus to get them to heaven. And so today, if you would like to do that, would you just pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, I never have fully understood that you were the way and the only way to heaven. Lord, you have dealt with the sin problem on that cross, and I'm asking you right now to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, Jesus, and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart. Thank you that you'll never leave me. In your name I pray, amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer today, God has heard you. Jesus has saved you. Today is your spiritual birthday. It's the day that you have been born again. I would encourage you to share that decision with somebody today, a family member, a friend. If you don't have a church where you attend regularly, find a good church in your area, a church that preaches and teaches the Bible, that lifts up Jesus. Get involved in that church. Let that decision be known within that church setting. God will honor you and God will bless you. I would also encourage you to visit our website at peacebybelieving.org, peacebybelieving.org. It's a tremendous website that our staff has put together. We have old podcasts that you can listen to, 25-minute sermons. They're just perfect for walking on the treadmill or uh, walking through a park or something like that. They're not long. And then there's a place where you can read booklets that we have prepared. One of the booklets you might want to look at is one called How to Make Heaven Your Home. It's a clear explanation of what the Bible teaches about how a person can get to heaven. So visit our website, find those things, and be blessed. And I hope you'll be with us next time.